Oh, hi there. I was just editing one of my podcasts here. I'm Dylan James Weaver, but you can call me Dylan, and this is the Wadfam Chalkpod. Hey, let's see how this thing sounds. Oh, hold in! Okay, so it needs a little more work, but that's the exciting part, because you never know what you'll discover along the way. Oh, don't take my word for it, though. You can find out for yourself when you listen to today's Wadfam Chalkpod. Hello and welcome to the Wad Fam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm a Caucasian male on a podcast. The one and only. <laughs> and uh, this week we are talking about episode 24 of Adventures in Odyssey. Gotcha! Gotcha! Oh. That, that, wasn't a, I, 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 that wasn't me pulling a prank and saying we're not covering 24. The title of number 24 is Gotcha! Is that with or without an exclamation with point? With an exclamation point. Okay. And so, the so. cha that they've gotcha! Is uh, Officer Harley. Yes, yes. Poor guy. <laughs> the real gotcha of this episode is that it was not re-aired. Yeah, it got pulled. Yep. <laughs> Which, I'm okay with that. <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's episode 24 of Adventures in Odyssey. Um, I already said that, so I'm saying it again because I'm dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, it's written by Phil Waller. Directed by Phil Lawler and Steve Harris, as a lot of these early ones are. And it has only aired once on April 30th of 1988. Wow. Truly aged like milk. (laughs) They could have aired it on April 1st, but no. They ended the month. I, I will say, I don't know. Harley stuff, in my opinion, ages way better than most old Odyssey. True, true. No, and I don't think that the Harley part about this episode is what makes it problematic right. that, by that's, any means. Like, if it wasn't for the Harley stuff, they would still air this episode. Yep. Whereas yep. I think that that's, like, the least worrisome part of this episode. You see, it's problematic to portray cops as not being able to finish their jokes. We I mean, can't have our children who are sponges absorbing cops not being able to finish the joke. That's what those protests were in, in May of 2020 was about oh, yeah. joke finishing. Yeah, that's what the, the blue stripe and the American flag stands for. It's <laughs> They're standing with all the fallen jokes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, just two white guys talking about politically divisive issues. Hey, uh, you love to see it. Uh, this this episode, uh, as being episode twenty four, is only um, available on the uh, Adventures in Odyssey Club. Or if you happen to have a bootleg of like the early, it was never physically released. But if someone taped it off the radio in eighty eight, and you happen to have that, you can listen to it that way. Um, but if you want to get the gist, they remade this episode with episode one twenty. Oh. Um, which is the, hey, let's just rewrite this and do Kurt Stevens, Kurt Stevens as the prankster and Patrick O'Ryan as the cop. Okay. Which is another Will Ryan voiced cop. He's yes. just less funny. Yes. Um, and, and more Irish. <laughs> correct. 
And then they used scenes of this episode in the ep- in episode 266. It began with a rabbit's foot. Oh. Weird. Which is... It wasn't like a flashback? Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. So what they did is... That is the episode where Wit tells Lucy the story of the Bible Room's creation. Oh. And they very cleverly use flash scenes flashing back to yeah. this original episode. That doesn't... That wasn't like considered canon right i mean that yeah that happened mm-hmm. in the show mm-hmm. but that they yeah that they don't air anymore yeah so they were able to do it but it's like a fun moment of like flashbacks actually flashing back to something yeah which i is believe really cool. recollections flashes back to some family portrait stuff or there's, yeah. there's other times that they pull this sort of a stunt um but but yeah and the the we that is an episode that we very well may cover in our future Ooh. because it intersects with some uh Katrina and Eugene stuff that we've talked about doing. So fingers crossed, rabbit foot in pocket that we get there. <laughs> <laughs> the luck of well the Irish. Said. Well said, Andrew. Uh anyways, that's uh that's all then that I, I've got as far as context goes. It's an early episode, so we've got a couple kids who don't really appear again mm-hmm. here, being Philo and Sylvia, voiced by Nathan Fisk and Heather Sanders, respectively. They voiced other kids in early Odyssey, and that's it. And I guess we should address the fact that the very haunting Bible verse mirror <laughs> is voiced by Phil Lawler. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's terrifying, and honestly, it suits his voice well as far as how it exists in my brain. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, th- this is not the last time that that mirror makes an appearance. Oh, I'm sure. Unbelievably, not. that mirror is in nine episodes of Odyssey. <sighs> Oh, wow. What's the latest episode that it's in? Uh, 789, The Journal of John Avery Whitaker. Wow! Yep. An episode from 2016. So. It's still alive and kicking. Okay, so it's an Adventure Club episode. Okay. And then it's... But it's in uh, No Way Out. And then it's in an episode we covered the WE. How about that? Yep. And another episode we covered by the Applesauce. Oh. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, that's the, uh, that's the deal there. Do we have a promo for this week? We do not, because once again, it only aired on radio (laughs) once, and unless someone has a cassette-recorded promo from 88, I don't think we're ever getting that promo. Then we have to make it. Maybe it exists deep in the archives. Deep, deep in the archives. That might be a, that might be a Hoobler special. Yeah. We can (laughs) ask about. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Andrew, go 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 do an unpaid internship at uh, Focus on the Family. <laughs> Take Adventures it down from the inside. Yeah, that's just, the play. Just start dusting off old old cassette tapes and mm-hmm. find find the promos. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll sift through all the incriminating files and uh, you know bring down the company, and it'll look like I'm doing something great for you know uh, religious liberty in the United States, but in actuality, I'm just trying to get very very deep headcanon uh lore for odyssey and there we go all right sounds like what i'm doing after graduation i've got a degree from a bible college i feel Mm. like if they couldn't see the septum piercing i might actually be able to get in just by faking it yeah 
Look, you can do the whole thing where you, like, flip it up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Flip your septum piercing up, you know. Shave the beard. Style your hair slightly differently. Yeah. yeah. Just ditch the floral shirts. That I have a much harder time losing. (laughs) Get less round glasses. I don't know. All the things that make you you. Just just get rid of those. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then you can totally pass as someone that Focus would want to hire. And also change your name because they can just Google Andrew Sabo and get a whole lot of this. (laughs) Yeah. That is is the one part... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that we did forget to acknowledge. Is that they, they do know who you are. Uh-huh, and I've got like 160 episodes of my voice saying bad things about the company. Yeah. Does, how aware of Focus on the Family do you think, or how aware of us do you think Focus on the Family is? Uh... Like... I don't think we occupy any of their thought space. No, but no, 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 I no. think that there is a non-zero chance that people on their team have heard of us. Yes, and I would love to think that we've been brought up in a staff meeting. I would absolutely <laughs> love to believe that. And honestly, I think it might not be uh, terribly unlikely. You know, they're pulling from the community. Uh, Odyssey is very avid and and encouraging fan interaction and all of that. So. Um... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Wad Fam Chalk Pod got thrown around in a couple of writers' oh, rooms. Man. I, it's just yeah. what we do. No, here. I, I, I think that this is extremely unlikely. But hey, look, if you work at Focus and you're listening to my voice now, uh, you know how to contact us. Yeah. Do that. We won't out you. Bring it up, <laughs> please. Bring like, us up. <laughs> anything, anything that you say in our email is confidential. Yes, unless 100%. you tell us that we can say it on the pod, and you know. We might blur that line from time to time, but mm-hmm. if you say, don't say it on the pod, we definitely won't. Mm-hmm. So, All I just want is that sweet, sweet lore. So look, I'm just I'm just saying. And if you give me that lore, I promise that any fanfic I write surrounding it will be on a third-party account not linked to my likeness. <laughs> All right. Uh, with all that being said, Andrew, how does this episode begin? Oh, God. I'm trying to remember. Oh, it ends with, uh, begins with a Chris intro uh, talking about a rash of uh, practical jokes around Odyssey. Because, I mean, I guess it's the 80s and that's that's all the rage. You know, mm-hmm. before Fortnite, there was saran wrapping toilet seats. So, <laughs> you know. <sighs> Did you play many practical no. jokes growing up? Practical jokes, not my thing. I... I liked the idea of them way more than the execution. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I like thought in that same way of like is fun, right? Or in like the same way that like you have a treehouse mm-hmm. and like you pretend to be a spy. Yeah. Like Practical Jokes just kind of fits in that as like you know classic kid thing. I also watched The Parent Trap a ton. Oh yeah, nineties mm-hmm. remake, not the OG. Um, and also have same. a lot of affection for that movie, which Better has soundtrack. a bunch of Practical Jokes. And yeah, it Top just notch. so that stuff kind Can of. Can we all... record a like a mystery science theater coverage of that movie for our bonus? Dude, we can do whatever. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. Okay. All right. We can break that up. I mean, we record that. That's like three weeks worth of content. <laughs> I would. I would not stretch it out that long. <laughs> you don't want a third <laughs> at a time. Oh goodness. Oh, word. But, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like practical joke culture was dominant growing up, but mm-hmm. that that was never really a thing that I partook in. So I feel like for myself, I was very much at the end of it 
in that my older siblings both loved practical jokes. They would do them to each other in the house all the time. They did it at church. Like it was, they're very uh, successful in that in that area. And then I went to attempt one, and I pranked an adult who could not prank me back, and uh, missed the point. <laughs> Is this the famous glitter pillowcase incident? Yes, yes. The, the infamous <laughs> glitter pillowcase. I was in middle school. I thought it'd be funny. He was the new youth pastor. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll just, just out just, myself. Yeah, go, go the whole story, Andrew. So, <laughs> yeah, I, it was the first retreat with a new youth pastor, and I liked him. We were, like, pretty buddy-buddy, um, so I thought I could play a joke on him. A joke is <laughs> a generous term for what I actually ended up doing. Uh, originally, I was planning on just putting, like, shaving cream in his shoes, but I went for something a lot more nefarious and filled his sleeping bag with white glitter and dumped ladies' perfume on his pillow. Now, Andrew, where did you get ladies' perfume at a summer camp? Oh, I brought it from home, and it was um, it was a male sampler that I got from my aunt. So this is across, this is incriminating across my lineage. Um, and there was no small amount of forethought put into it. Because, mind you, my older siblings and even my parents were like, yeah, this is fine. You're just going, you're going to have some fun. They didn't, they didn't think twice about it. And then I did it and I felt terrible. And there has not been many uh, pranks in the church since. So I think I may have killed it. <laughs> to- to be clear, as I was going up through youth group uh, a few years ahead of Andrew, it was very clearly established that prank there was just a blanket ban on pranks. What? <laughs> yep. And Andrew did not get the memo. Oh, no. <laughs> so the, the prank ban was in place long before you came onto the scene. Yes, yeah, no. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I thought I could work around it because the... Uh... The person who put the prank ban in place had some admittedly bad experiences with pranks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, this has been Prank Corner on the Wadfam Chalkpod. Thank you for joining us. Next week we will be talking about, again, saran wrap techniques. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, I, I find I find this all very interesting. So, so yeah. Philo put... Yeast in its malt container. You know, the classic prank that every child thinks of. I know. I'm going to infect this with fungus. (laughs) It's pretty devious. I ain't gonna lie. Like, it's kind of smart. But I could not imagine a six-year-old thinking of that. Uh, The the, uh, summary on the AIO club does list him as a middle schooler. Okay, middle schooler, perhaps. So a tween, a tween thinking of, <laughs> hey, let's swap yeast and malt, two things that I, a tween, am intimately familiar with. Yes. <laughs> malt powder. You gotta love it. Uh, and so I also, how, how, we, we figures this out so quickly. Yes. Yeah. I have no clue. I mean, does he even taste the shake? No. Cause like, I can understand if he made it, but he didn't. Like, so he makes the shake. It, what is it supposed to be? Chocolate, it's strawberry, like a chocolate banana. strawberry, banana malt. Yep, for Tom. It's Tom's favorite drink. Yep, he hasn't he had one. Spits it out kid. immediately, and Harley goes. <laughs> Harley goes. Wow, if that's how you respond to the to your favorite drink, I hate to see how you respond to one you don't like. We need like a like a clown horn for all the, <laughs> the Harley. I jokes. mean, it's funny. I oh like yeah, it. no, it made me laugh. <laughs> 
I like clowns. <laughs> Not. Well, I don't need to Andrew that big clownophile over here. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let that be the take from the episode. Is Andrew <laughs> loves clowns? <laughs> oh, oh man! Goodness. And so yeah, he, then with trying to wash it off with a spray bottle, and the spray bottle like explodes back into his face. Yeah, I mean, does it even, it, what it sounds like is somebody tries it, and then somebody else tries it, and is pointing it at Wit, and it just, like, sprays all over him. This is, this is a great lesson, I think, in Early Odyssey of, it's not that the production is bad. No. Or that the script is that bad, but it's the combination of the two. It's like, Early Odyssey didn't know what the line was of what it could pull off as far as explaining visual bits through medium yeah correct sure. and so it like it overextends itself from time to time yeah. and this is a very clear case of they don't know how to like they don't know how to portray this visual bit in a way that we as the audience can understand and so yeah. it just kind of like trips and falls mm-hmm. and they've done and you see that even with the malt powder bit, because there's just right. a lot of, like, Tom just kind of smacking his lips and stuff. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, I yeah. get it. It yeah, doesn't yeah. Well, he, good. he goes, like, about to take a sip. Yeah. <laughs> which is like, what? Like, who who are you? But it's it's a very clear thing of, like, not that the show could, I mean, like, could the show have tackled this scene in a way that sounded better and was less clunky probably but mm-hmm. i think nowadays the show has learned just don't write this scene yeah certainly like the lesson is not hey we should have done this better it's we shouldn't have tried to tackle this sort of joke yeah yeah it's just not really in their wheelhouse right but they're still like figuring out where those lines are mm-hmm. at this at this stage in the show and so, yeah, we don't we don't hold it against them. It's just it's funny. Well, yeah, and it it definitely holds the nostalgia of this era of the show because it is less polished in that respect, and you do kind of just get bits that don't work. <laughs> so, yeah, there, yeah, there's definitely some charm to it, even if it is like in its imperfections. Yeah, and and Philo kind of starts cracking up, and then Wit kind of turns to him and is like, "Ah, so all this was you?" and He's like, yeah, am I in trouble? And it's like, no, no, I love pranks as long as they don't, like, hurt people. And good take, I think, maybe. I I don't know. I am very anti-prank. Fair, fair. I I don't, I just don't find joy in it. I also don't like messes. Yeah, yeah. And I, my, my experience tends to be, so, like, in this instance, they're all adults, he's a child, they can laugh about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I think for the most part, someone always ends up feeling crappy. Yes. Or it escalates and then someone feels crappy. Yeah. Like so it's you either, either feel baseline bad or even or worse bad because rec- both hands are Or you are go turned. back and then they go back and eventually, like I feel like yeah. it will never end in everyone having a good time. Yeah. Just by nature of what it is, certainly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, like, not a not a prank guy. You know, I've... Okay. 
my only challenge to that is very harmless pranks. Because I think if there is something to be taken from this episode, and it seems to be Focus's uh, agenda, is that like, oh, well, I mean, some pranks are fine. You know, you just you just have to be very careful that both parties are okay with it or in on the joke or whatever. Like, you know, it's not to the detriment of the other person. And the the prank that comes to mind was my brother used to break into the bathroom while I was showering growing up and dump cold water on me over the top. And, like, it sucks. It's annoying. It scares you. But I'm taking a hot shower. I warm up right away. I'm already wet. Like, <laughs> that's that's good, clean fun. Uh, yeah. Pun intended. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not against pranks entirely as a concept i just don't want them anywhere near me fair 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 so what you're saying is you don't want me to pour water on you while you're in the shower no no i didn't presume you did but you know i'm glad that we had that out yeah but yeah there's there's a lack of consent in all pranks that i'm that i'm not a fan of fair fair <laughs> only consensual pranking that yeah. is the official stance of the wad fam shot pod yeah i mean you know whatever it's yeah yeah i don't think i don't think it typically is like i don't think it's like the end of the world but it's just it's not my it's not my style of humor certainly not yeah i mean i haven't played a prank in years so i think it might not be in mine either but i definitely have some nostalgia for it um fortunately slash unfortunately this episode is about more than just pranks right yeah yeah the pranks really take a back seat here when we find out that philo's not worried about getting pranked back because he's got a lucky rabbit's foot that was given to him by connie after he read or after she read him his horoscope Mm -hmm. dun 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 also, Connie is a Leo. Is that what we learned? Connie is a Leo. Connie is a Leo. That makes sense. I'll take your word for it. I am... Um, I So, cards on the table here, pun intended. I'm not... Like, I don't have any fear of any of this stuff because I'm not a crazy 80s John Avery Whitaker. Yes. Like, I'm yeah. not... Like, I'm not like the, I'm not like, if you shake a magic eight ball, you're going to hell. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, yeah, I don't you're have. trusting the fates. <laughs> I do not have this kind of a stance at all. That being said, I do just find this stuff very silly and do like, in a way where I'm like, I don't want to, I never want to be making fun of another person. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Yeah, I I am not I'm not out here to wreck anyone's fun or enjoyment or whatever. I will laugh at you behind closed doors if you put a lot of stock in this stuff. And I realize that people may ha- feel that way about mm-hmm. beliefs that I hold and you know what? I can live with that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, I mean, like, as far as this stuff is concerned, I feel like it's mostly just projection of your experience. Right. In the same way, like, we we see it a lot commonly, more commonly culturally with, like, uh, Hogwarts houses or which superhero are you most like? And, and all those classic BuzzFeed type things where they just take sure. basic things and they project onto them, 
you know, a horoscope has some of the the background of it being tied to like, you know, uh, cosmology and you know ancient religions and all of that. Such so I can see how it fringes on the occult, but I'm pretty sure as long as you don't accompany your horoscope reading by sacrificing a child, that like God's okay with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that that's that's a safe safe assessment. I also, yeah, I mean, also I do get it as like a like. Like, if, like, I think this conversation is very different if Connie is a Christian. Yeah, certainly. Where mm-hmm. it's like, because you're being called to not, you know, place your trust in the things of this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I can understand, like, yeah. you know, setting your hopes based off of, you know, what the newspaper says versus what the Bible says. But, like, Connie's not a Christian. Very, Precisely. very importantly here. And so I'm just like, ah, uh, the, she's not doing herself any harm. This is like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's funny and it's such an easy like thing for them to be mad about. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a, I, I, I certainly don't think it's a problem. I'm more concerned as to where she got the rabbit's foot, whether it's a real rabbit's foot and like... That that seems like a step above, to be honest yeah. with you. Reading horoscopes, whatever. I mean, you know, yeah, I I don't know. We we had my dad had a couple of rabbits' feet growing up. Fair, fair. Not not like as like a tchotchke, but more as just like a fun trinket that was like sitting, you yeah. know, in like you know uh, a in box, a tra- and like <laughs> on an ashtray with a bunch of other like random trinkets yeah. in in the office. Yeah. And it was like we never thought anything of it. That's fair. That's fair. Well, and your dad also hunts and all of that. Like, sure, it's sure. very there more was plenty, common. There was plenty of dead animals around. Otherwise, yeah. I think that's more so my shock <laughs> is the child walking around with a piece of the dead animal in his pocket. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I. I also. I was like. I was trying to figure out like. I don't know. I wouldn't know what the timeline of rabbit's feet is. Like, were they in vogue in the late 80s? Because they seem like they are so much older than that. But oh, I have yeah. no idea. No, definitely older than well, that. Well, I mean, like, they definitely started before that. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying, like, were they still, like, a Did thing? they make a comeback? Or is this, <laughs> right, or is this, like, you know, the classic 80s odyssey making fun of stuff from the 50s or whatever. Yeah, or earlier. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, how relevant is a rabbit's foot at this point? I, I don't know. I truly don't. If you were alive during the 80s, let me know. Certainly. I'll go home and ask my parents what their experiences were with yeah. rabbit's feet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So uh, then Wit goes to talk to Connie because he right. finds out that she's been reading uh, horoscopes to the kids and is very upset. And he enters talking about the uh, awesome responsibility that she has right. to these uh, children and calls her out on giving them horoscope readings. Obviously, Connie does not appreciate uh, the sig- air quotes significance <laughs> of reading horoscopes right. to children. This is, this is the other point i think that's so crucial to me is like not only is connie not a christian and so like but also like this is not a thing that like what does she have to go on that we would not approve of this i yeah like she's been here from a day she's from the heathen place of california where Mm -hmm. everyone worships the devil so she doesn't know any better yeah she's just like a kid Mm -hmm. in odyssey who's like yeah i read horoscopes so let me read them for these kids whatever it's good fun like 
Oh, but see, that's the Trojan horse for Focus's agenda, which we get to about the accessibility of uh, the occult in in uh, secular culture. Yeah. Yeah, can you believe that there's a game company that sells a Ouija board and that's just like out on the stock shelves? Any kid could go out and buy one of those and contact spirits and... Yeah, actually, I had somebody call into Target asking if we sold Ouija boards. You do, right? No. no. Really? Mm-mm. Interesting. Yeah. That's Target, no, no mildly surprising. Either. You can get them at Barnes & Noble. Really? They're, dude, they're, they're produced by... Like Mattel or something? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think they're Milton Bradley, but... Yeah, yeah. Same idea. <laughs> so, fun Ouija board sidebar here. Um... They were invented as a toy to be sold. They have no, like, historical background. background. (laughs) It was truly, like, a thing that someone made to sell commercially from the get-go. No wonder it's been featured so heavily in movies, such as Ouija. (laughs) But, like, yeah, it's, like, it's part of, like, this whole, like... I, yeah, hey, here, here, here's my early plug for the episode. There's a pretty good podcast called Ironwood Rhino, where this guy who I really like, Matt Whitman, uh, who used to be a pastor, actually, um, he, he hosts this podcast that is like about like the about like everyone's got like a story in their life that they can't fit into a box mm-hmm. that is just like a weird you know, supernatural story in yeah. some respect. Yeah. And so he's just like, hey, come on the show, talk about the podcast. The only thing you got to agree to is, like, I'm going to, like, poke at it, and mm-hmm. we're going to try and, like, figure out what it is, because I don't believe that there's anything occult happening, but I find this stuff super interesting, mm-hmm. so let's just chat about it and come up with, like, hey, what are the different options of what this could be? Yeah. And, like... I love that approach and that framing and just like the, yeah, I don't think that like anything bad's going to happen by like us talking about this stuff, nor do I think that like anything you did is like, you know, has your, you know, eternal destiny in mind or whatever. I'm just mm-hmm. like, hey, these are like interesting stories that a lot of us carry around and don't share. Yeah, no. And uh, approaching it with curiosity as opposed to judgment is yes. very, very important. Yep. Just being like, huh. This is interesting, distinct, different. I'd like to know more. Right. And Not so, yeah. To condemn, but just to understand it better yeah. and like so there, there's, share stories. Yeah. There's a Ouija board episode. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, sleep paralysis demons and Ooh. alien stuff and whatever. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, Bigfoot sighting, whatever. Like, just your strange noises in the night. Yeah. Whatever kind of people Everybody's people bring to the table. Yeah. You tell you tell your story. You, you game it out. It's mm-hmm. fun. Um. And I think he's got a cool perspective on things. So plug for the Ironwood Rhino, apparently. That's the what's The Ironwood Rhino. That's yep. going to be easy for me to remember. I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so yeah. It's just like laying into Connie. And it's yeah, like what... He, he calls she, the horoscopes the, the occult. Which... Right. Which then is... But I think this is really interesting in like telling of the writing and whatnot. I don't know. This just struck me, which is like... 
he calls it the occult and Connie's like, no, 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 it's not the occult. And he's like, he's like, well, you know, you put, you're putting your faith in it and whatever. And just like, cause you know, cause her horoscope said that she was going to get a promotion and then she expects to get a promotion. And it's like, no, I actually might fire you, which like, geez, zero to a hundred. Yeah, but, seriously. But the uh, Connie's like, oh, look, 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 like I'm not a Christian, but I definitely don't want to be associated with the occult, which is such like a funny stance. Yeah, exactly. Where I'm like, what is, I don't know, like, I only ever grew up in the church. What is, like, what is the secular, like, feeling on the occult? What is, like, I want to, I want to have someone on who, like, grew up, like, just in, like, a normal, like, you know, agnostic family. Yeah. (laughs) Who didn't have this experience that we did and just be like, so if I say, like, something is the occult. What's your feeling on that? Because her response here where she's very much like, oh, no, 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 don't associate me with the occult. I'm like, huh. But I guess also it is the 80s. Yeah, I think like horror movies, you know, all of that. I mean, that's really a lot of what the dominant media presentation is uh, to its detriment i think because i mean the occult is and looked it up on google of the supernatural mystical or magical beliefs practices or phenomena a secret society to study alchemy in the occult is the uh, example sentence which is like it's just the the christian word for not spiritual or for spiritual not christianity essentially right, right. that's it's, not informal yeah organized it, well religion. i was gonna say it's it's the it's like the modern like pagan yeah pr- precisely. it's like it's like yep. we can't say pagan anymore so we said the occult and mm-hmm. i feel like now we're back to pagan again yep yep pagan or uh <laughs> every once in a while been... i hear i hear pagan from the pulpit and i'm like huh all right. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it, seems, it seems kind of applicable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but but yeah, it's just well, and and, and here's the thing that because I could tell that this is where the episode was going as soon as it was mentioned that Connie was reading horoscopes that Wit was going to be upset. Yeah, obviously. So naturally, I ran to Wit's defense and thought, there's got to be some way that Wit can do this and it not be colossally bad, right? No. No. I was hoping that he would take the stance of, this is a place of business, these people, you know, their parents are not inclined to it, like, we have to be considerate of our customers and everything Mm. like that. Because you could take that business sure you know there's there's a way to chastise connie and kind of say like hey you didn't know better don't do this going forward because of xyz reasons place yeah sure it's not sexual assault or anything like that it's it's just inappropriate like you should not be doing this at work right right in the same way that you're not gonna swear in front of these kids yeah exactly don't read them their horoscope that just doesn't fly around here and yeah, but that's not his angle. No, no. And then he does like he. Yeah, he. He's like you know. She's like ah, but it's just fun. He's like well, that kind of fun comes with a very large price tag. That uh-huh. price tag being like your eternal damnation to hell. And I was like, you know, if if we're living in this like, Connie, like Connie is not a Christian. So your belief is she's going to hell regardless. What does this change? Precisely. Is it that she's now infecting these children who otherwise would be Christians yes. with it? Yes, I believe that's, 
Yes, I believe that he sees Connie but, as an instrument of the devil at this point in time. <laughs> Which is uh, awfully harsh. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's, yeah. Wit yeah. doesn't know anything about horoscopes, clearly by the way that he talks about them and the way that he lumps them together with everything else. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not here to defend them. You know, I'm, I'm very... Uh, I I know more about horoscopes than a lot of people that would profess to be Christians do. Um, and, you know, I think they're kind of fun. Yeah. They're kind of like star puzzles that we project onto, which is, is neat. Right. So so th- this is the thing I didn't say earlier, but I feel the same way about horoscopes as, and this is going to come as sacrilege to people, but I feel the same way about horoscopes as I do about Myers-Briggs and Enneagram. Oh, I... Like, they are the same thing to me. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, Andrew has left the room, so I'm just going to keep ranting about this on my, on my own. But I think that those are just like, so like the, the joke about like horoscopes is, is like, oh, it's based on like what time of the year you were born. So you, so it literally has like no, like there's no scientific bearing. And the thing with like Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, a disc or any of those things is it's like, you're like taking a test which then tells you that you believe in a thing which you then just project onto. Yes, like, exactly. I... <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like it's the backwards math that is so close to the forwards direction that it is just forwards math. <laughs> right. So so was your was your storming out was what? Well, okay, so you I... You're a counseling major, so yes, I imagine yeah. you have thoughts. But well, <laughs> The Enneagram is worshipped. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. And Christians love their Enneagram. When you when you started talking about, I, I figured you were going to go with personality tests. You said Myers-Briggs, and I was like, yeah, that's kind of fallen off in the general public. You know, it there's there's not nearly as many categories and whatever. And then, and then you went to the Enneagram, which is, I agree with. I do agree. The people listening... <laughs> The Chalk Squad? That is the hottest take that has ever come from this microphone. <laughs> Look, guys, write at us, tweet at us. I do not care. I I have not I not that I've burnt bridges in my in my personal life, but this is a Guys, he's a seven. Just take everything with a grain of salt. <laughs> this is a point of discussion in a couple friend groups where people I have Friends, friends who have been guests on this podcast, um, who are very into personality types. I'm looking at you, Hannah Woodruff, a uh, Christmas guest of, of past and perhaps future, um, who, who, who at one point in her life, and I'm sorry for outing you, but whatever, was taking personality tests, like was take, retaking Myers-Briggs on a monthly basis to track where, like how her personality was changing over time. And I was like, boy, does this mean nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fair and so i just like i always roll my eyes when those come up and people will probably be like well dylan you rolling your eyes at that is probably you know is just an example of how much of a six wing five etsj you are and i'd be like sure yep sure exactly i i yeah you're probably right no yeah and probably reflects how i'm a cancer as well (laughs) Like, I would say that's more cancer than uh, than your sevenness, but you know we'll talk about that off mic. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So this this is the deal. Is I I think that all this stuff is just like yeah is just projections of 
It's just us projecting, like, patterns. Because, like, yeah. humans are pattern recognition machines. Yes. Like, that's, like, a thing that we do very well. And I think that this is trying to project patterns into a more, like psychological emotional mm-hmm. realm yeah. where i'm not saying there's no pattern but i'm saying like the amount of stock people put in this stuff yeah but i'm also like well people put a ton of stock in the enneagram which is right. i think why <laughs> the reaction i did yeah. is mostly just because like because it's newer than myers-briggs because myers-briggs sure. is a bit outdated and obviously sure. you know uh astrology is like you know two and a half thousand years <laughs> old <laughs> at least yeah um like the the enneagram there's a bit more clinical basis as far as the personality types that yeah. do exist but again these like and right. anybody with clinical knowledge would would recognize the fact that these are incredibly broad categories that are applied to general situations based right. on limited results yeah and and it's the thing where i'm like i don't i am happy that people have it and that it is a helpful lens for them. Yes, 100%. I don't find that for me. I think for a lot of people, at least in my conversations with them, they, you know, see their their typing and look at the qualities and find seen, but feel like they're being seen by that. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, look, like, they, like there are words being put to my experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas my reaction is always... I feel like you are putting me into a box that I do not belong in. I don't like this box. Like where <laughs> yeah. I'm like where I'm like yeah, there are things here that apply to me and things that don't. Eh. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's like anything else. It, it's a lot more right. like a BuzzFeed quiz or right. something where it's yeah. like which character yeah. for Mad Men are you? But like but right, I'm like I like, appreciate I'm not really that like any of them. <laughs> I appreciate that people like find these things helpful and can see themselves in it and that that's beneficial to yeah. so many out there yeah. i just for me i'm like eh, it's all the same <laughs> exactly very much so and like yeah it can go too far if you use your horoscope or whatever to justify being a bad person that's always bad <laughs> right but then right then then you're being a bad person exactly like exactly yeah yeah uh anyway um <laughs> so so yeah wit then kind of steps it back and and does acknowledge that she didn't know better but after he like tears her a new one which i hate well, and um, then connie thanks him at the end yeah. of the conversation <laughs> which i was like oh god yep. i i know that this is the way that every patriarch wants the confrontation yep. to go but like really <laughs> yeah kind of just like oh thank you for bringing this to my attention i also don't want to be associated with demons and i didn't realize that's what i was doing thank you older father figure for showing this to me oh please tell me more about this god you worship <laughs> yeah and yeah the the other thing what says during this which is wild is he says come talk Connie, because Connie plays like that. You want these kids to be curious, so I thought that mm-hmm. this would be a fun way to like, you know, for them to be curious. And which like, come talk to me first before presenting them with any new ideas. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, why would you spell it out like that, Wit? This is a lot. <laughs> you only get permission to vote if we're voting for the same candidate. <laughs> Uh, and look, like I, I agree. Connie needs to defer to Wit, and Wit has a better lens on this because he's an adult and she's a child. Yes. I'm not saying, 
that this is necessarily bad policy. I'm just saying it's hilarious when John Avery Whitaker comes out and says, come talk to me before telling the kids anything so yeah. that I can approve. <laughs> fair, fair. And yeah. uh, it's because yeah. he's just so troubled. <laughs> and so, right. So then Whit like withdraws into himself. And I was like, and I was like, oh, okay. He's either going to A, go and yell at the paper or B, start having them print Bible verses because it's the point at which Connie's like, you know, they're just accessible in the, in, in the newspaper. And I was like, ah, Whit's going to like start a newspaper protest. But no, no, he does not. He weirdly later on will be like, that would have been hopeless. <laughs> Which is I find very funny. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So it's at this point then where we we jump back to the prank portion of this episode. You remember mm. the prank portion? Remember the pranks? I didn't. And um, so there's he well, there's there's something there's something with a milkshake again, and is it Tom who makes the comment about like? unleavened shakes oh yeah yeah which is I, would, a I prefer my line. shakes unleavened yeah <laughs> which is very funny yeah Ugh. big fan of that um but then he uh he gets an envelope and he's like oh no this envelope's gonna make a loud noise when i open it mm-hmm. and so because he, he he established in the previous scene which we glossed over that nobody's ever going to be able to prank him because he's the best and he'll right. be able to see it coming Right. He sees, gets an envelope addressed to him, says, oh, you know, why would anybody write me here unless dot, 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 prank, Connie, you open this. And Connie's like, nah, there's no way, you know, you're just being paranoid, opens it up. Sure enough, there's a rattle inside there. Sounds like one of them noisemakers or something. Yep. And Um, so, yeah. And then there's a note saying that he will be pranked before the end of the week. Mm -hmm. But somebody's coming for him. Yep. And so now, now he's got to live his life on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom then goes and has a conversation with Wit. Yep. Who's withdrawn to himself in this back room. And yeah, Tom just kind of underlines this idea of like, we need to make the Bible more exciting. And this is where Wit's like, yeah, we, we couldn't even get a newspaper to print the verses. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, wow, small town, perfect odyssey. Couldn't get the Bible verses in their local newspaper. Come on, Dale Jacobs, step up your game. Yeah, seriously. What's the point of having, you know, religious You're voiced by Phil Lawler. You should very much be able to pull this off. Definitely. Easily. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it, and then this is when Wit emphasizes the importance of churches and Bible studies because everywhere else does not want to acknowledge Christian values, which is right. fair because they're not obligated to. <laughs> right. I just, I do find it so funny watching, like, over the course of now over 30 years, mm-hmm. this same argument of... Mm-hmm. America's just got to get back to their Christian values. It's like John Avery Whitaker is making this argument in 1988 yep. and 2018 as well. <laughs> right. It's just this whole like, man, like the, the country's, you know, so bad and needs to get back to the core of what made it great in the first place. And like, we need to go, you know, have Christian Wear values again. and wear red hats as 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 our forefathers did and it's just like yeah it is just it's so it's such a one note yeah it it very much is and it's i was thinking about it um more in the uh in the opposite sense of 
how they've completely pivoted from one side of the argument to the other, where in this episode, very early Odyssey, we've got overarching parents that want to control everything that their kids are doing and everything that they consume. But now, with Mori and all of that, we get the we get God presenting a, well, what if I just stand over here and make sure nobody dies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do have that. Mm. Love Mori. Love that direction for the show. Yep, makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I'm, li- I'm living in the glory of not having to cover a Mori episode in a while. Yeah, it's That great. is delightful. Ugh, Atticus Schaefer, you can do so much better, man. Think about all the cartoons you could be voicing that are not Mori. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. There are a lot of cartoons that are not Mori. Almost an infinite number. <laughs> um, yeah. So, obviously, at the end of that conversation, Wit leaves determined to make the Bible more exciting. Hints to as to what he's been working on this entire time. Um, then we cut back to uh, Harley telling the joke to Connie, which he never got to finish. And then Philo comes in and interrupts him. He's still unpranked, um, but very paranoid about it. And... Uh, Wit offers him water because he says that he looks thirsty, which is interesting, but is explained a bit later. Um, Philo rejects the water because he is presuming something bad will happen, and then he lifts off, lists off some absurd situation in which he gets humiliated because he accepts Wit's water. Yep. Um, Wit's just like, have it your way, and walks away, which is, again, very anti-Wit. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I, I do, I like this thread of, like, Philo has been, like, on edge for oh, a yeah. week. Avoiding the prey. Oh, and then uh, him talking to, uh, Officer Harley, <laughs> and yeah. Harley being like, you know what you gotta do? You gotta draw your enemy out into the open. You've uh-huh. been fighting a masked man <laughs> this whole time. You need to, yeah. you need to bait him out so you know who you're dealing with. Yep. Which is not terrible, well, I mean, actually, no, that's terrible advice. <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of fun. I thought um, it was funny. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so Philo's going to go set up in Wit's basement, mm-hmm. because apparently you can always go into the basement at Wit's End in these totally. early episodes. Definitely. It's just, I love how much And yet they didn't the discover the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, they didn't discover the tunnel yet, they didn't discover the secret room. Yep. This is pre there being an escape room set up down there, and Maury nearly, and Maury killing people. Yep. Like, it's all of that stuff. <laughs> What a storied basement. Uh, truly. It's literal skeletons in closets. <laughs> well done, Andrew. Well Thank done. You. Um, and so, yeah. Oh, and Harley has been trying this entire episode to say a joke without the punchline getting stepped on. And yeah. it's very funny. Yeah, it, it is really funny. <laughs> I didn't expect it to hold up because you recognize that being the running bit pretty no, the worst on. part i think what kills the bit the most is that chris says in the intro to the episode everyone keeps stepping on harley's punchlines yeah, yeah and then we see it the rest of the episode and i'm like man chris if you hadn't underlined it that would kind of work oh it would be hilarious and so there's this moment here where he pauses before mm-hmm. telling the punchline because he thinks someone's gonna interrupt yeah, and then he <laughs> launches into it and tom interrupts and it's yeah just, it's great Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's funny because it's Tom, because Tom was one of the people that he was trying to tell the joke to earlier. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't get to hear the punchline. Uh, yep. And, and then Wade introduces everyone 
to the Bible room. Dun, dun, dun. The Bible room happened. Like it, it wasn't there from the beginning, and this is its origin story. Yeah. Bananas. Bana- uh, <laughs> Bonkers. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they've got armor of God that you can put on Mm -hmm. and an interactive Jericho that you can walk around and the walls fall down and uh, and a mirror that you say a Bible verse into and it, like, creepily says something back to you. What what is the point of the mirror? Uh, Something about looking through a glass darkly. Right, but but what is it? Like, I I don't... You can only see yourself truly when you read the Bible. Right, but I yeah I don't I don't quite get how that's fun for kids. I it's don't know. not this fun whole... for kids. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Lawler voices it. This whole thing like is I'm demon. like I'm like I I like the existence of the Bible room. I think it makes sense for Witsend to have one of these. I think it's weird that it's created in response to horoscopes. Yeah, I think that that's a weird A to Z jump that I did not expect. Yeah. It's it's very interesting because I don't have any history with this episode, so I can't say that I'd ever heard where the Bible room came from. It is very much an early wits end staple as far as, like, uh, before the Imagination Station and the Room of Consequence and all of those very elaborate um, kind of technologies came into place. It was basically just the Bible room, which had a handful of displays, like the... Uh, david and goliath display and everything like that and it's yeah it's interesting the amount of nostalgia that they put into the room um and just the way that it is a part of wit's end and central to what is being done at wit's end but also very separate and not heavily featured Mm, like we see wit go back to the bible room in uh i think novacom at some point where he's looking at the David and Goliath display, I yes, think. Yes, I was going to say, the David and Goliath display is the other thing I, like, clearly remember from yeah. it. But, yeah, it is, it's it's an early, like, not even wit invention, but it's just, like, an early addition to wit's end. Yes, yeah. and They have the train room already at this yeah. point, but now we got the Bible room as well. Yeah, it's when they're... Make, when Wit makes the decision to pivot completely into being a religious establishment. Right, which is like an interesting thing to underline. Like yeah. that it wasn't in that same way before. It was a discovery emporium. I right. mean, trains are, you know, yeah. not particularly religious. And beyond yeah. that, there wasn't much else other than the restaurant component and apparently pizza. Right. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I can't say that I had really any previous understanding is the origin of the bible room before this episode yeah yeah and then we get the uh the reveal uh philo went down to the basement he managed to dump blue paint all over himself Mm -hmm. he comes back up and explains that he didn't get pranked that he did this to himself Mm -hmm. and then the main cast reveals that the four of them had kept had made a prank and their prank was keep Philo on edge for the whole week, thinking he's going to be pranked. Give the child anxiety for a which week, which is <laughs> which is a funny prank. Yeah, actually, it's the, it works. Well, very and it's well. like it's a good pull out. It's that whole um, the uh, the Arthur episode where um, where the thing with DW is that um, Arthur what punches it? her. <laughs> that one. No. So so. Oh man, I I'm gonna. I, I want to touch it. <laughs> It it's the Arthur episode where DW like is like I only ever had one hypothesis and it's oh. that someday you'd be begging to take me to the science museum. Yeah. It's that. 
<laughs> like where it pulls out and it's like oh this smart is a part of the like the right time. exactly that yeah. that's what they do here and it's funny and then in the chris outro we get harley trying to tell the joke again and chris interrupting no no <laughs> a, harley interrupts chris to oh finish to finish the, the joke. joke sorry yes yes yes, yes. sorry putting a perfect button on the episode yep it's it's really funny the punchline is the dog can't swim ha 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 ha. Um, yeah yeah no it's it's an episode i'll tell you what uh i don't mind it being not airing anymore i am upset as to the reasoning behind (laughs) yeah yeah this also it feels like it feels like a like harley is such a benevolent like i don't understand what the this episode does not show off Sir Harley being bad at his job. No, not at all. If anything, <laughs> better at his shows, job than some cops. It just shows him making jokes and hanging out with the kids. Whatever. Yeah. It's it's fine. But but yeah, uh, I mean that's that's what I've got for this episode. That's what I I've think, got. I think we've I think we've done it. And please write to us if you have you know if you're upset about my hot takes <laughs> about the Enneagram. I bet you your email will be flooded this week. It would be delightful. Oh, goodness. I cherish it. Um, I would like to take this time to mention the fact that I am a Sagittarius. I am a uh, four-wing three um, and an ENFJ for all those concerned. Do you know your disc, Andrew? Disc? Okay. My he Discord? doesn't know his disc. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is that like your, uh, like disc, your moon disc sign? Is, no, disc is like a businessy oh. like personality thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I, I think I've taken something akin to that, some sort of like a aptitude placement yeah. thing. Yep. But, but yeah. Uh, anything else you'd like to plug beyond your your star sign there, Andrew? <laughs> uh leavened milkshakes <laughs> all right and i'm Put some yeast in and tell me how it goes <laughs> and i'm going to uh once again just say ironwood rhino good time if you are interested in uh stories of maybe the occult but probably just humans being humans and mm. seeing things where there aren't telling stories yeah oh uh Actually, I do have a take from this episode that I would would like to share, and it's it's a nice positive note for us. To okay, end on. wow. Hal Smith's wit has the best laugh. Mm, his yes, laugh his laugh is phenomenal. Is perfect. It brings joy to my heart every time I hear it. It's big and breathy and adorable. Yeah, I just. I, I, yep. Maybe we've mentioned it previously in in the Connie conversion arc, but this episode, especially with him talking about practical jokes and everything like that, we get a couple real good wit laughs. Mm. And, yeah. uh, you know, between emotionally harassing Connie, you know, he, he's he's not such a bad guy. Yeah, you know, he's he's a charmer. He's a charmer. Um, yeah, and so with all... Phil Waller, stay out of my mirrors. That's my final take. (laughs) (laughs) All right, good note. And with all that being said, we will be back next week for episode 34, Stormy Weather. Bye, guys. Bye. Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Pod on Twitter and Instagram, 
or email us at wadfamchockpod at gmail.com. Gotcha is hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wadfam Chockpod.